Well, do me a favor. If you are a mom, would you stand and we want to clap for you and thank you and pray over you. There's no moms in here this morning. Nobody wants to stand. I get it. All right. Thank you, moms. And uh, I want to I pray over you this morning because of your high calling. And one of the things I love about that video is it reminds me that God takes our effort and then takes a whole bunch of His grace and His mercy in our shortcomings and in our weaknesses and uses it for good things. Isn't that great to bring Him glory? So moms, way to go. Keep bringing your kids up in the Lord. Uh, there's nothing more important than that. And uh, we just want to encourage you this morning, okay? So thank you for your efforts. It's a lot of unnoticed and unseen things that you do for the glory of God. Let me pray over you and pray over our families. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for the moms in this room that took corporate worship this morning as an important part of their day. They're here and they're bringing their children to know you. And, and Father, thank you for the things that they do that are unseen, that are unnoticed maybe by children or by husbands, but they are not unnoticed by you. Uh, thank you for what these moms do, for your glory, God. I pray for strength. I, I pray for the one in this room that's a single mom, that... Um, Free time is, is hard to come by, Lord. Me time is hard to come by. And they came in this morning and they're exhausted. I pray, God, that you would give them sustaining grace and strength, Lord. I pray for the one that couldn't stand this morning, that has been trying to give birth and has not been able to get pregnant, God. And today is actually a difficult day. It's a reminder of things they don't want to be reminded of. I I pray for grace and strength, and you're the God that opens and closes the womb, and I pray that by your grace you may open the womb for that one. And I pray, Lord, for the one in this room that maybe this year their mom has passed and there's a sense of sadness today. I pray that you would be close to the ones that are grieving. And then, God, I want to pray for those who, who maybe um, the thought of mom is is not as high as uh, the images we just saw on the screen. And I pray, Lord, uh, for that one, that you would remind them that you are a good heavenly father, that you love deeper than any earthly mom could. You're more nurturing, Father, than we could even imagine. You're the perfect father, the perfect parent to us. And then, Lord, I pray your blessing over these homes, God, as the word of God is taught, Jesus Christ is lifted up. Lord, that you would continue to use your, uh, the home, the Christian home, as the seedbed for eternal truths. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give these moms a round of applause. Thank you, moms. On the way out today, we have a gift for you from Coastal. So uh, if you forgot to give your mom a flower, you can thank Coastal Community Church for bailing you out, okay? So... Uh, so, moms, thank you so much. Well, one more group I want to have stand. This is a little bit of a long shot at the 815, but maybe not. Do I have any college graduates that graduated this week? Any in this service? Stand up. All right. Emily, great job. Congratulations. All right. And uh, well done. You guys get a raise, I think, right? Because you're just kidding. So, Emily, great job. All right. Have a seat. Great job, college graduates. We'll probably have more in the coming services. 
Uh, anytime I think there's no college students in here, Emily is always in here, which encourages me at the A15. So way to go and get up early. Uh, so congratulations, college students. We got the high school students coming up. It's a big week for us at Coastal. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. We're coming down the, the home stretch of our Beyond series. Okay, so if you have your Bible, get it out. We're going to jump around a little bit this morning, but turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. That's been our jumping off point. Do me a favor, get out your bulletin. Okay, there's always some good information in your bulletin. This is Pledge Sunday, and I'll kind of conclude with that and what we're doing with that. But inside your bulletin is our update. Uh, uh, about uh, the the Kroger building that we're attempting to purchase, and and just like and we try to field questions that come to us throughout the week. One of the uh, questions that came to us this week was, "Hey, I heard that uh, Kroger's moving into their new building this coming week. Why can't we get into the building we're purchasing sooner?" And the reason is really it's out of our hands. Actually, Kroger has a whole lot of contracts on the buildings and things that they got to do, and, and so and our bank is in the process of doing working with us to do our due diligence. So we won't be closing before all. August, okay, mid-August would be the soonest, uh, and it really, really, a lot of it is completely out of our hands, okay? One of the things we did uh, this week that I thought would be kind of fun, okay, on this handout, you'll see the picture of the building, the layout, you got the model out there, uh, and, the, and the architectural rendering that you can look at more closely after the service if you want to, but what we did is we superimposed in the gray area in the center of the building, just to give you some perspective, that is the square footage of this building superimposed over the Kroger building, isn't that cool? All right, I think we were looking at that model going, oh, okay, I don't get it, and now you'll get it, right? There's a lot of room for growth in there, so we just thought that would be really neat for you to see and, and a great uh, visual. I, um, have you ever gotten into the middle of something, and about halfway or two-thirds of the way into something, you thought, man, what a... What am I doing? Like you're, you kind of feel in over your head, right? And then this morning I want to talk about kind of going beyond the hype, right? Because we're kind of knee deep in this Beyond series. We're, we're, you know, we're neck deep in the process of trying to purchase this building. But sometimes you get in the middle of it and you stop and you ask the question, like, what am I doing? Like, what's really happening here? And uh, I remember years ago I was visiting a friend of mine in Florida. And uh, he had a lake house. He just bought a new boat at his lake house in Florida. And he said, he, I was visiting him, and he says, hey, you want to go skiing, water skiing? And I grew up water skiing. I had, my dad had a boat. I, I mean, we went almost every weekend. I have fond memories of water skiing. Used to be a decent water skier myself, you know. And, and so, again, this was about six or seven years ago. He's like, hey, you want to go water skiing? He goes, now, here's the deal, man. I got to get to work. So if you want to do it, man, we got to get up at like 5.30. We'll hit the water about 5.45 and ski for like an hour and then I got to get go to work. I was like, yeah, man, let's do it, right? And so we get up early in the morning. It was just him and I. I mean, the, the lake is like glass for those of you who like to ski. I mean, it's like it's the perfect skiing conditions. And uh, he says, hey, you want to go first? I was like, yeah, man, I'm in, you know. So I jump in. I got my vest on. He goes, you want one ski or two skis? I'm like, you kidding me? Throw me one, baby. I'm a slalom skier. Now, mind you, I hadn't done this in about 15 years, okay? And uh, so I said, throw me one. I buckle in, right? And I, I get ready. I got my ski out of the water. I'm holding on to the rope. And he guns this boat. And as he guns this boat, it, it, the question hits my mind, what am I doing? You know, like I'm not prepared for this at all. You know, it's been years. And, and so the, bull, the boat is pulling the resistance and water against my ski. And all of a sudden, every muscle from the neck down hurts, right? But both hamstrings get strained. My arms are about to pull out of my pocket. I let go of the rope. He circles around. He goes, you want to go again? I said, no, I'm done. I never even got up that morning, you know? 
I said, I'll pull you, we'll go in. It was good, it was a good time, you know? And you, sometimes you kind of get in over your head, and you're like, what are we doing, you know? What's really happening here? And, and, and so this morning, I actually want to take us beyond the hype, and I want to remind us what we're doing. I mean, why, why are you making a pledge this morning? What's really happening here? What are we doing? And, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm going to give a disclaimer this morning, okay? I'm going to do something I don't do very often in Coastal Community Church. I actually preached this sermon here before. I preached this sermon, most of it, I tweaked it a little bit for this week, but I preached most of this sermon the first week we worshiped corporately in this building, almost five years ago. And I asked the question at the time, what have we done? But then I asked, what have we done? Today I'm going to ask, what are we doing? Okay? Because I want to take us beyond the hype. Ephesians chapter 3 Verse 20, and by the way, when I think about this verse and, and where we've been as a church in our journey, like it, it blows my mind, right? Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now all glory to God, who is able, and we've unpacked this verse week by week. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Here's what we're going to look at this morning. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now for those of you who've been at Coastal for a long time, like you, you look around the room, you're like, Man, I remember when we started here, we're like, we did one service this size. That's how we started, you know, and, and to grow and to see what God's done, it's, it's mind-blowing. God has done infinitely more than we can ask or think. Glory to this is where we're going to go next week. Glory to him and his church and Christ Jesus, and, and we're going to finish with this last section next week. Through all generations, forever and ever, amen. You know, we've, we've been in this building for about five years now, and I can tell you this verse is true, and now we're heading to a, a new location, and this morning we're making our pledges, and we're asking, the, and I'm asking the question, what is it that we're really doing? What is it that we've done, and how can we continue to lean into the grace of God Almighty and say, God, will you continue to bless for your glory that you might accomplish infinitely more than we might ever ask or think? And so I, 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 this is the sermon I preached five years ago, and I said this. I said, here's the deal. Let's be clear. This is what we're not doing, all right? Point number one, this is what we're not doing, all right? We're not building a sanctuary. Everybody hear me on that? We're not building a sanctuary. Why do I say that? Now, I know this confuses people a lot of times because we tend to call in church life, we tend to call this room. What do we tend to call this room? The sanctuary, right? It's a sanctuary. Um. And we're not building a sanctuary. A sanctuary is where God meets with his people. Everybody clear on that? A sanctuary is where God meets with It's not a building. Now, this place becomes holy when we gather as people of God, uh, covered by the gospel of the grace of God through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we gather and we corporately sing praises. We t hear the word of God taught and we, we, we bend our lives to adjust our lives to the truths of God. And it becomes a holy spot in that regard. But God doesn't live here. Everybody got that? Acts chapter 17, verse 24. He is a God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of the heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. Where does God live? Of course, he lives in the heavens, but by the gospel, when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, Marty hit it right on the head, man. The, the Holy Spirit gets deposited in our hearts. Man, he the Bible even teaches that this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the reasons we should work to keep it up and try to stay healthy and all those things. And, and, and we, we're cautious of the things we put in it so because God, in a sense, lives inside of us through the deposit of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't live in this building. We haven't built a sanctuary. We're not building a sanctuary. Is that clear?
A sanctuary can happen at Grafton High School. For many, many years, this church met. And if you've never been in Grafton High School, right? I wish you could take a little journey up there one day. Go to Grafton High School. Go to the back gym. Okay, it's a blue rubber floor. All right? That became a sanctuary, in a sense, as people met there and praised and worshiped God. Uh, in fact, next week... Uh, I'm going to do a little video. I'm going to give you a little history of Coast Community Church. All right, talked about how two churches merged together. I'm going to try to give you a really good history of all that God did, so you can kind of get the generational picture. All right, but man, uh, God's people can meet and God can do things. Whether it's six four zero six George Washington Memorial Highway or whether it's one hundred one Village Avenue, wherever we meet and we uplift the gospel of Christ and we're true to the Word of God, that can become a sanctuary. But God doesn't live in a building. We haven't built a sanctuary. Here's the second thing we haven't built. Ready? We haven't built a church. We're not building a church. I know that's hard to hear, right? We talk about that. And one of the things I try to be very careful to use the language, I say we're building a church building, but we're not building a church. Why is that? A church is not a building. And the reason that's important, if you're building a church, that means you can kind of leave God up on the street corner. And we talked about this. The church means what? What's it mean? Anybody remember? It means people that are called out. Right? We're the church. You guys grew up, if you're like me, you grew up like this, right? Here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the door. What? There's all the people. That's terrible theology, okay? I mean, it really should go, here is the building. Here's the steeple. Open the door. There's the church. It just doesn't rhyme, right? I mean, that's why we don't do that. But that's really what it is, right? The church is a bunch of people. And by the way, this church has been in existence for over 25 years, this local church. But the church has been in existence since the time of Jesus Christ, when he called out his disciples and he said, I'm going to build my rock. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. All right, it's about people that are engaged with God through the person and work of Christ. We're not building a church. The people are the church, and we can meet in a home in a small group, and we can meet here, and we meet down there. We met all over the peninsula, which you're going to see next week. The church is the group of people called out that are passionate pursuers of Jesus Christ. We're not building a monument. We're not building a monument to any one person. Okay, that's important. The place that we're building is a, is a place to introduce people to Jesus Christ. All right? Here's the deal. Ready? I want you to hear this. There will be times in the, in the history of this church that the methods will change. The methods will change. Why is it? Because culture changes around us. Sometimes the method of, of how we introduce people to Jesus has to change. But the message will never change. We're not building a monument. Now, we want to be good stewards of the building that we build, okay? But, but when you build a building that's to be used for people to introduce them to Jesus Christ, when that is what you're doing, there will be times that the building gets used differently. It gets used intergenerationally. It's times that the rooms get moved around and used for different purposes, all right? There's no silos. Like, that's my room. It doesn't work that way. We're not building a monument, okay? And when that happens, there's going to be times where a building gets stained, scuffed, scratched and dented and broken to the glory of God, right? There's times we worship in here on Sunday morning. There's one right now, right? The ceiling tile's out. We always joke about that. Why is the ceiling tile out? Because the student ministry meets in here on Wednesday night and they knock ceiling tiles out. Good, right? That's I go good. And by the way, church, if those of you who have young kids, like when kids are running around here and they're screaming and they're doing their thing, like I love it. That doesn't make, that doesn't bother me. And when there's a baby in the service and they're crying and I get it, parents, you're, you know, you feel nervous trying to get them out. Like maybe some of you that bothers, it doesn't bother me. 
I want children here. And I want people here. And people did things. And people scratching. Should we be good stewards? Of course we should. I get it. We raise funds. And people donate their funds. And we need to be good stewards of that for the building. I get all that. And we should always be good stewards. But at the end of the day, we're not building a monument. We're building a place where people can gather to hear the word of God and the truth of the gospel. And because of that, things get dented and broken and scratched. Whatever. I'm glad kids are here because they're the future leaders of Coastal Community Church. Got that? That's what we're not doing. So let's talk about what we are doing. What are we doing? We're neck deep into it. Like, what are we doing? About to make your pledge this morning. What do you do? Like, what, what's this about? All right. We're building a place where Jesus Christ can build his church. I want you to hear that. We're building a place where Jesus Christ can build his church. I talked about this at the beginning of the journey. I thought it would be good to bring it full circle. All right. Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 is journeying with his disciples and he asks them, he says, who, you know, out in the world, out in the culture, you guys are running and he's talking to his 12. He says, out there in the world, who are people saying that I am? And they say, well, some are saying you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're, you know, John the Baptist come back from the dead. And, and, and some say you're one of the prophets of old. And then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? I mean, what, you guys have been with me now. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered in Matthew 16. He says, you're the Messiah. Which, by the way, means the anointed one. You're the, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you're, you're, the, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You do not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you're Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. We're building a place where Jesus can build his church. And Jesus said when a church holds up this confession that Jesus Christ is the anointed one, he's the Messiah, he's the special one sent from God, the one who paid the penalty for sin, the one who died and rose again, Christ, the son of the living God, the anointed one. No one before him and no one after him will ever walk planet earth. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, he clothed himself in flesh, 100% God and 100% man. He died a death that I deserved to pay for the sin that my sins deserved in my place. He died in my stead to pay the penalty of my sin before a holy God. And then by grace through faith, his good works are credited to my account. He rose from the dead, conquering death, conquering hell. And when we trust in him, we have eternal life life guaranteed. That is what we will preach in our new building. And when we preach that message in a new location, God will take care of building his church. And when the grips of hell and the grips of sin have a hold on someone's life and soul, the power of Jesus Christ will set them free, period. Death has lost its sing. Jesus Christ can and will set all who follow him free. And he will build his church. And we're going to build a place where Jesus Christ can build his church. The second thing that we're doing. So we're talking about what we're not doing. Here's what we are doing. All right. Second thing that we're doing. We're building upon what will outlast the building. I want you to hear that. We're building upon what will outlast the building. We're building on the word of God. Does that make sense? Buildings will one day crumble, and no matter how much resources you put into them, eventually they come apart, right? And so we're building upon something that will allow us to building. We're building upon the word of God and the truths of God's word. Second Timothy 2.19 says this, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. 
It's the cornerstone of what we're building. God's word is our cornerstone. It's the cornerstone of this church, and it's the cornerstone of your life. The word of God presumes upon itself that it's true. God's ways are knowable. And his word and, and is built in our lives when they're built upon the word of God is something that will last. In fact, just a few verses later, 2 Timothy 3.16, Timothy, Paul writes this to the young Timothy. He says, all scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong with our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. This past week I was listening to... Um, you're like, what does the preacher listen to throughout the week? I like to listen to ESPN, okay? So I was listening to ESPN Radio 94.1, and one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite sports guys, he's super funny, but he's an, a, a proclaimed agnostic, all right? And I always let, and there's times in his show where he delves into morality, and he's always like, I don't care what these athletes do, da, 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 da. But this week, suddenly, uh, he had a reversal, and he cared what people were doing. And he tried to draw lines as an agnostic about r- morality, and right and wrong, and he was struggling in his own worldview to define morality because he's always pledged, like, you can't define morality. It's up to each individual what is or isn't immoral, except some individuals have gone so far that they can no longer, he could no longer figure out how to define reality, and his worldview left no place for drawing any solid conclusions. I love it. It was the first time in my life I ever wanted to call a sports show, right, and say, here's your problem philosophically in a worldview, we can't determine right and wrong. If you leave it up to each individual, you're going to get a mess. In fact, culturally speaking, if you leave it up to a culture to find reality, you end up with all kinds of injustices. Like we live in a culture, we're still trying to figure out some injustices based on race and trying to come up with civil rights for people because we've made really poor decisions because we said, you know, it matters what color you are. No, it doesn't. We need the Bible to define for us what is and isn't just. And you push this far enough, you can get to where a whole culture will incinerate six million people because of their race. It's happened in our history, in world history, right? Because Germany did that. And we have to be really careful to say, man, where where, where am I going to sink my teeth? Where am I going to draw the line on morality? And I believe it's the word of God. It's true. And that church, that's what we're going to build upon. Literally, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures inspired by God, literally means it's God-breathed. And if you want to know God, maybe you're here this morning, maybe you came this morning to support your mom, okay? It's a good thing. If you're here to do that, it means you have a good mom, but let me encourage you with this, okay? If you're here this morning and your life's not making any sense, I can guarantee it's because you're building on your own thoughts and your own plans rather than God's thoughts and God's plans, And when you know the word of God, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And it's not just head knowledge. It's a a head knowledge that we then adjust our lives to the truth. The word of God speaks to all kinds of things. It speaks to how we worship corporately. It speaks to marriage. It speaks to sexuality. It speaks to money. It speaks to the workplace. It speaks to relationships. It speaks to our free time. It speaks to how we use our speech. It speaks to our church attendance. It speaks to uh, serving in small groups. It speaks to serving God, how we serve God. It teaches us the truth, right? and the truth sets us free. The truth is not always going to be comfortable, easy, or simple, but it always brings freedom, hope, and joy. Always. And so what are we building? We're building upon something that's going to outlast a building. We're building on the Word of God. 
Timothy 3.16, 2 Timothy 3.16 says not only that, but it corrects us when we're wrong, when we're wrong and it steers us to what is right. I, um, if you've been in membership class recently, I use this illustration every time in membership class, but on this passage, but when I was a baseball coach, uh, one of the things we used to teach our kids, and if those of you play baseball, you know that when someone hits a baseball and it goes outside the, the, the lines, okay, and they're called foul lines, okay, just because a ball goes over the foul line, it's not actually, it's actually not immediately foul, okay, it has to do one of two things, it has to either go, let's see if you guys know, one, it's got to go past what, anybody know? Got to go past the base on either side, third or first base before it's a foul ball. Or it has to hit something in foul territory, a wall, a person, you know, a fan, whatever, and then it's officially foul kind of thing. And, and so because of that, we always teach our little leaguers, when you hit the ball, you do something. What do you do, coaches? Run, right? So you, gotta, you guys know, right? So you hit the ball, you, go, you just yell, run, until you hear the umpire yell, foul ball, okay? And so I remember one time we were in a little league game, and this kid hit a baseball, and it was screaming foul. I mean, there was no doubt this was going to be a foul ball. It was just a few feet from hitting the fence and being a foul ball. But it was like angels in the outfield, I kid you not. Okay, this ball hit a pebble over there by the fence, and it radically corrected into fair territory. It went all the way back to the pitcher's mound. And because this kid had done what we'd asked him to do, he ran. He made it to first. There was a kid on third base. This kid scored, and we won the championship all because the kid did what he was told. The championship part's a lie, but it makes the story better, all right? It does make, it's a better story that way. <clears throat> Would have been a much better preacher story had we won the championship. But you know what? I, the re reason I tell you that story, this kid did do what he said. He got a single out of it because he ran. Everybody else kind of stands still. And I always think about that pebble, and I think that pebble corrected a foul ball and made it a single right? It helped this kid accomplish his goal. And I think about that, like, you know, the Word of God, Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, like, the Word of God, it corrects us and puts us on the path to truth. And I'm going to tell you something. I, my whole life, you know, and hopefully that's why I encourage you to be in your Word regularly on your own and come to corporate worship and hear the Word of God preach and be in a small group and unpack what it looks like. Because if without the Word of God, man, we're going to be in foul territory. And eventually we're going to be out of play. If you and eventually your life doesn't make the kind of impact you want it to make, and, and the Word of God it corrects us, and, and sometimes we hear that we're like, "Oh, that's so great!" Like correction, it feels sounds like it feels bad, and it feels like this. No, sometimes it's a good thing. It puts us in the fair territory, so our lives can make a positive impact all the way back to week one of the Beyond series for the glory of God. And the Word of God corrects us when we're when we're wrong, and it, it sends us in the right direction. And so we're building a new building. The people's lives can be built on something that will outlast the building. So their lives can build on the truth. Truth found in the Word of God. With all its promises and with all its hope and with all its correction. Defining for us what will last for all eternity. We're building a building that the truth of God will impact lives and it will outlast us. The final thing, beyond the hope, beyond the hype, right? Let's talk about beyond the hype. What are we really doing? Here's what we're really doing, ready? We're looking to build a building because people matter to God. We're looking to build this building in this location. We're asking you to make a pledge this morning towards this vision that God, why? Because people matter to God. We want to introduce people to God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. If you're here this morning, maybe you haven't been to church in a long time, you matter to God. It's amazing. 
the creator God, like he cares for you. He loves you. He's thrilled that you're here this morning. Moms, your children matter to God. I know, like, listen, I got teenagers. You get neck deep in the teenage life, there's times where you're like, oh, these kids, you know? And we forget, like, God, they matter to God, right? And your neighbor, your neighbor matters to God. And your coworker, and your roommate, and your spouse, and your employees, and your employer, and your best friend, and the person you can't stand. They matter to God. The church is to be a place that's a hospital for the, for the hurting. The church is to be a place for the broken and for the messy and the messed up. The church is a place for those who are cracked and in need of restoration. The church is to be a place that it, where the hopeless find hope and the joyless find joy. And why is that? Because people matter to God. And as followers of our God, through Christ, people must matter to us. John 3.16, I know you see it at all the ball games, right? Why is this verse always lifted up? Because it reminds us people matter to God. For God so loved, loved the world so much, He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone believes in Him will not perish, but have what? Eternal life. How'd that happen? Jesus paid the debt of sin that he didn't owe, they laid him in the grave, and he conquered the grave on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. By grace through faith in him, man, the righteousness of Christ is credited to us, and now we are redeemed, we're reconciled, we're bought back, we enter into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. God's heartbeat is for people everywhere to have a living, breathing relationship with him. And when anyone... And when anyone walks into our building, or Lord willing, the building down the road, we have to remember that these people matter to God, and therefore, as his followers, they matter to us. If we're going to have the heartbeat of Jesus Christ, people matter to us. And if you've ever wondered, hmm, I wonder why Jesus hasn't returned yet. What's taking him so long? Second Peter actually gives us a little clue into this, right? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Why hasn't Jesus returned yet? He's waiting for the Great Commission to be fulfilled. That's what he's waiting for. He's already told us, read the book of Revelation, every tribe, tongue, and nation will be around the throne of God. That's a guarantee. And so as a church, it's our job. By the way, I, I loved um, the third song we sang, I forget the name of it, but the last, slot, the last verse, right? Or I think it was Be Thou My Vision, where the last verse is, God, remove my distractions. You know what that is? That's a great commission song. I get so distracted that I forget that people matter. Man, let me see the least of these and have a compassion. And let me put my finances towards that, my time towards that, my free time towards that, so that the gospel will go forth to every tribe, tongue, and nation, so that you will return one day. 
Church, we're a part of the return of Christ. How? By making sure the gospel goes out to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Isn't that cool stuff? Why is that important? Because people matter to God. Since they matter to God, they matter to us. And so this morning, guys, I'm going to conclude with this, all right? And a little bit of a reminder, a little bit of a challenge. We're going to watch a video during our offering time, okay? This morning, with the help of Almighty God, we're going to make pledges. And I talked about this last week. As you make your pledge, you know, I pray that you'll do it with a generous and a joyful heart, expecting our big God, as we talked about, the God who is able. We expect our big God to show up and provide. Maybe you came here this morning and you weren't expecting to pledge. And as we kind of paused for a moment and said, what is it we're really doing? Maybe God spoke to your heart and you want to pledge. I want to encourage you to do that. Your pledge card's inside your bulletin, all right? Maybe God stretched you this morning as you were reminded what we're really doing, what we're really neck deep into. Stretch a little bit further. If you've gotten excited about the vision of Coastal Community Church, I know I'm super excited, okay? Um, maybe, maybe you've been reminded why we're really doing this. Today is really about going beyond the hype. Today is about being a small part of what God is accomplishing. He's accomplishing, by the way, infinitely more than we might ask or think. And I would challenge you, don't miss out on what God is doing right here at Coastal Community Church, to join Him and join this church in moving with God in the direction He's laid before us. So let me explain what's going to happen this week and next, okay? This week, okay, in your bulletin is a pledge card. Some of you have already filled it out. That's great. If you haven't, you've been praying about it. Now's the opportunity. Next week will be an opportunity. But today's the day we really want to see uh, what you guys as a church members have been thinking, okay? So you fill this out. Uh, there's three areas that you can pledge, okay? You can pledge a one-time donation. You can do a one-time donation and a, and a monthly gift some kind of regular giving, and you can pledge prayer. All three, one of the three is fine. Okay, so take that, fill that out, and tear it off. All right, it's perforated. You tear it off, you drop it in the offering plate, okay? The second piece is to remind you of the prayer needs to take with you, and you can be in prayer uh, for the pledge that you've made, all right? Next week, uh, and the goal of this pledge is to raise a million dollars over 18 months, okay? That's what we need to get in the new building and build it out for the glory of God. Okay. Next week, we're hoping to raise $300,000 in one offering. Okay, That's to get this project started. So next week, we're calling it First Fruit Sunday. I want to encourage you to bring your first fruits of the pledge that you're making today. And then the final week, Memorial Day weekend, Okay, is going to be what we're calling Celebration Sunday. And we're going to announce what, what, what God has done in our body. And I can't wait. It's going to be a great week uh, to celebrate together. So here's what we're going to do. Okay, uh, I'm going to pray. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of time to make your pledges. And then while you're doing that, we're going to watch a video. And my hope in this video, it's a great video that reminds reminds me of all that God has accomplished, and he's done more than I could even think or ask, more than probably many of you could think or ask over the past five years, and we do this this morning thinking about the future and what God's going to continue to do as we build a place where God can build his church. We build a place where we can build our lives upon something that will outlast a building, and we were reminded, reminded that we're building a place where people can find a safe spot to find healing and hope in the gospel of Christ, because people matter to God. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for the opportunity this morning to be a part of your church that you're building. God, you've given us as a church, you've given us this vision, Lord. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to bring it to completion. There's steps along the way. Your hands, your fingerprints have been all over this journey, God, and we're just so excited. And so this morning, God, as we make our pledges, I pray, Lord, for the one that's stretching out in faith, Lord, right now. They're about to make a pledge, and, and, uh, and they're nervous, God. I pray that you'll show up over the coming months in a big way and provide for them in ways they couldn't even imagine. 
I pray, Lord, for the building that we're moving towards, God. It's not a church. It's not a sanctuary. It's not a monument. It's a place for you to do great things in the community for the glory of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what makes that place holy. And I pray there will always be a place, Lord, where the gospel is preached in your church, in Jesus Christ, for all generations and forever and ever. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, church, in just a second, I'm going to show you a video. Uh, the ushers are going to come forward. This is our offering time. Now, uh, if you're a guest, you kind of came on an unusual Sunday. Okay, so just know that this is kind of a church thing, and you're kind of watching a little bit of church business. Uh, but offering is one of the ways we worship God at Coastal. So as a guest, we're not after your money. Don't feel an obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Okay, we'd love to have one thing from you as a guest. Uh, on the side of that bulletin is a tear-off. We call it a connect card. If you fill it out, drop that in the plate. And uh, we just want to send you a thank you card for coming. And uh, God has accomplished more already than I could ever think or imagine. I'm excited what he's going to do over the next step in our journey. And so with that, ushers, come forward and watch this video.